0: Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by The Harrier. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, you might have recognized her name from her show, Real Talks, where she does a lot of interviews with. Uh, athletes that are, you know, collegiate runners, high school, and and all over the professional series. Uh, Tiara Williams, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, how you doing today?
1: Thank you for having me, man. I'm so excited to be here. I'm having a wonderful day. It's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's yeah. Day to all the mothers out there.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we. I just uh, just a minute ago got finished playing uh, playing some spades with my mom. It was my mom and her and my grandmother versus me and my dad course they beat us on the last hand it was it, it was I was I was like yeah we let you win it's mother's day we didn't let them win they just were better than us so <laughs> felt that
1: yes I understand that's funny
0: yeah it's but funny. Uh, so w- wanted to get into the the start of it for you and, and your kind of your story here with with track and field when was it that that you got started and, and what kind of drew you to you know deciding to run you know in, in
1: the first place well, I got started in seventh grade, but what actually got me wanting to run was when I was young. I, I always loved to race, and I would beat the boys. My mom would be like, "Girl, you're kind of fast." So I decided to actually get into it my seventh grade year. That's when I started running AAU and all that type of stuff. Nice. What uh,
0: like, what drew you to the then doing the multi? Because I know for me, it, it's hard enough. I was a pole vaulter. It's hard enough doing one event, let alone you know doing multiple in one or two days, like what, what got you to decide, you know, this is what I'm going to eventually do. Um, you know, once you started, you know, competing at the the collegiate level there.
1: Well, I was a sprinter. I started off as a sprinter, but when I got to college, I went junior college first, Spartan community college. And he taught me as a 400 runner and I just could not get into it. I didn't like it. So when I transferred, I was just like, I'll do anything except the 400. Like I'll do any event you want me to do except the 400. And I always wanted to try hurdles, even in high school. So, and then I kind of wanted to sneak that in. Like, and I really want to do hurdles. So that's how I kind of got into the multi by showing him that I wanted to be a hurdler. And it's been, it was so, it's so fun. It's so fun. Oh yeah. (laughs) That was
0: something, uh, I get, I get, you know, how uh, athletes, you think that you're going to just be the best at anything. I think that's what I was like in college. I was like, I was a pole vaulter. And I was looking at some of the decathletes and stuff they're doing. I'm like, oh man, I could do that. Like put me, put me in the decathlon. They're like, all right. Like, so we did like one, I, I tried like one practice doing like javelin and and then like getting right into the vault. I'm like, oh man, I underestimated this. This is, this is, this is a lot of stuff. I can't do it. I mean, did it take some time for you to get used to, or was it just something you kind of, you know, got right into right away once you started actually adding all those extra events?
1: It definitely took some time to get into from the jump. It was, you have to learn. And that's why I struggled. I I struggled to move on to different events. Like when you, when you're competing with it, you have to like, forget about it and move on to the next thing. And that's where I struggled the most, but it's, it was, it was definitely difficult to get into it. You have to introduce each event kind of slowly and go from the basics so I kind of had to start from the basic with shot put with high jump with long jump with hurdles I had to start from the basic with everything so that's kind of how I got in I got better at it luckily I just learned fast so I kind of adapted to it quickly but yeah it's but it's so fun like it's you don't have to focus on one thing you can do focus on anything you want because it's a lot
0: (laughs) yeah it's not like you're just gonna have one event. And then if that doesn't go well, it's like, you know, your whole day might be ruined. You got plenty of the things to, you know, to, to bounce to back with. To. Mm-hmm. So for you, what was your favorite event? And then also what was your least favorite event? And were they also the same as what your best and your worst one was? If that makes sense. Like, was it just, yeah. Was your favorite event also your best event or was it like, you know, kind of like how, yeah, what were those for, for you?
1: So my favorite event is probably long jump. Uh, That was my favorite event. I got into it and I just loved it. I I loved every bit of it. So that was my favorite event. Uh, My least favorite was definitely 100% the 800. I could not sacrifice myself. I could not just go all out. I was always too scared. The 800 is horrible, but I guess well the the long jump. So how you said my favorite event is my best event. Yeah, long jump was definitely my best event uh, right behind with hurdles. So all the same kind of techniques.
0: Yeah, I heard. Yeah, when you mentioned, oh, I was, I wanted to get away from the four hundred. I'm thinking, does she know that? I was like, did she know the eight hundred was gonna be right around the corner? Which was worse for you? Uh, was the was the four hundred worse or the the eight hundred? Which which would you rather do if you had to switch one
1: out? Honestly, I can't stand both. <laughs> I can't stand both, but definitely the eight hundred is worse because you're just breathing. Like, I I don't like hearing my own self breathe, and I, that's what you hear when you run in the eight hundred. Yeah, that, that one is definitely worse, yeah. definitely, but I've I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say,
0: hearing that, I'm like, ooh, you're going to have to double that a little bit. That's not going to sound fun.
1: <laughs> but, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> so what was your, I know we, we mentioned it a little briefly before we got started here, but what was your journey to uh, Texas Tech? It, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't direct like some people's are, you had, took a little you know different direction there. Could you tell us how how eventually you got to you know to finding the, the school that you you finished up at?
1: So I started off with a junior college called Barton. I went there. Didn't like Kansas at all. I could not adapt to the country, small small town. I was losing it up there. So I transferred. Or my best friend got me a scholarship at Bethune Cookman University, HBCU in Florida, Hail Wildcats. I transferred there loved it, became a multi. It was the perfect school for me, but we just lacked a little bit of resources. So after my, uh, I spent a year there, 2019, December, I got into the transfer portal and I transferred. I was like one of the first athletes, Coach Thomas from Texas Tech told me that he got out of the portal. So I transferred to Texas Tech. That's how I found. And plus I'm born and raised in San Antonio. So I did want to get a little closer to my family so I can make it a drive instead of two flights to get home. So yeah, that's how I kind of found my way to Texas Tech. How was the, um, how was like the environment there?
0: So my school, I went to a very, very small, there's probably more people. I, if you see it like, growing up in Texas, there's probably more people in your high school than there were in my, my college. Like <laughs> I had a very, very tiny school. What was it like being you a know, part of one of those, you know, one of the, the biggest programs in the country where, I mean, if you, if you say you go to Texas tech anywhere in the United States, it's like, oh yeah, I, I know what that school is. Like, how was it like being a part of that, you know? pretty big environment and being part of a, a pretty good program as well.
1: It was a great environment. Uh, I love, I loved my time at Texas Tech. Like from coming from Bethune from such a small school, it was a so my kind of transfer in, I struggled because I, I was immediate transfer and my fall training was not, I didn't I didn't have a good fall. So going into the spring, I kind of struggled, tied into that Power Five, Big 12 championship. It was definitely a struggle for me. But once I got another, once I got a good fall underneath my belt and got more like enhanced into the program, it was a great environment. Like I loved my time. I met some friends there that I will never forget that I love. Still this day, we still always talk. It's a great environment. Very encouraging. Um, Coach Thomas encouraged me. I had multiple PRs my first semester, even going there, like with mid-year Transfer, I was still PRing. Great environment. It was very family oriented. Our jumps group were tight knit, always encouraging each other. They would go to the multis. Ruth or Sora would go to the multis to watch me compete knowing she has to jump later on that day. Like the sacrifices our jumps group made to just make us multis feel special was all I wanted in the program.
0: Yeah, I, I, was, I was gonna, you, you kind of, you mentioned one of the people <laughs> right there. <laughs> that both the men's and the women's programs this year are were doing pretty well. I mean, I, I had them are in what top two, top 10, top five programs like right now. Uh, what's, what's exciting for you now that you're on the, the other side of you're not, you're not competing anymore, but seeing a lot of your former teammates and, and friends doing so well uh, you know, what's it like, you know, seeing that uh,
1: nowadays. It's amazing. I got the opportunity to actually work the Big 12 championship meet and work a couple of indoor meets because I'm still located here in Lubbock currently. So it's been amazing. Like Monet, Monet, um, she jumped 22 feet as well. I've met her since Badoon. So I've known her since she was a freshman and she transferred to Texas Tech. And I cried watching her jump 22 feet. So if you can just imagine, I cried with Ruth jumping 47, I think, indoors, 46. It's just been amazing watching just everybody just, Get back what we lost last year. That's basically what everybody's doing—just getting back what we lost last year. It's it's been it's been great. It's been amazing. Oh yeah, it, it's exciting
0: seeing that all the times and people are jumping and and doing really well. Because I was one of the people that before this season started, I thought it was going to be a bad year for track because it's yeah. been a year there was no competitions and. I was like, I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> like there have just been some, some exciting. Ama- collegiate records
1: breaking left to right. Like it's been exciting.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, you had one of the, I mean, you've had a couple big guests on, on your show. One, what, uh, Tara Davis who what mm-hmm. has more collegiate records than, and I, I have, you know, hands on my, on my <laughs> body. Like she's doing, she's doing, you know, great things. I mean, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of surprise or what kind of things are you expecting for people going into you know this now national championship just a few weeks uh you know a few weeks away uh what kind of things are you expecting with with the the track world coming up
1: honestly like I can't even I can't even explain what I'm expecting because it's just so different for me now because I've connected with multiple collegiate athletes that I didn't know while I was in while I was competing, you know? So now I kind of have like an attachment to support Tania, to support Tara, to support a team, to support, you know, just every, Carrie, McLeod, Janai, like just supporting everybody who's going to compete. I'm supporting everybody because like I just feel a connection that I've created with them. So I'm excited. This this NCAA championships is going to be probably the best one we've seen ever outdoors. I can, I, I feel it. I, I think so.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Like, I people have been dropping fantastic times left and right. It should be an exciting one. And then, so for you, though, you were unfortunately in the, at the bad point of, you know, this whole COVID thing where you were a senior and it took away that, you know, that last year, uh, you know, of eligibility for you, like, don't, kind of taking you back to that time what were you feeling then? Like, you know, what was it like then? And what, what do you think you've kind of learned from the, that experience, you know, going, going forward where, you know, you, you're gearing up for what could be your biggest year as an athlete. I'm sure everyone wants to go out with a bang. You know, what kind of stuff definitely. did you learn from, you know, with, with that?
1: Well, during that time, I was definitely heartbroken because that was my first, that was my first time scoring at the big 12 conference meet as a pentathlete athlete. And then I was, in the best shape of my life I had that's when I got the full fall training so I was just running on this high and I'm just like never mind so I was definitely hurt I was confused because um during that time I knew it was my last year and I'm uh I, I like to prepare for stuff so you know I'm a, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster so I've been applying to a lot of I had an interview with college football Playoffs. I didn't get the position but I had a lot of things set up so I was confused I didn't know whether I wanted to come back and take my year or whether I wanted to just go on into the real world so it was a lot of confusion during that time for me but what i did learn is that what's for you will be for you and we all make decisions split but we have to try to take a moment and think them through and just listen to our inner self that's what i really learned to like really channel into my true self and like understand like decisions that i make and make them what's best for me that's what i learned during that time
0: oh yeah that's uh you you hit the nail right on the head. It's the same for me where I was, oh man, a mile a minute. I was thinking of every possible thing, like, you know, what's going on. I'm like, oh man. So, so I work in professional sports. I was in, I'm in ticket sales with professional sports teams. So obviously there's no sports going on at the time. And so I'm like, what's going to happen? Like, am I even going to have, you know, a job by tomorrow? Like there's teams all around the country that are, you know, cutting their staff. And so I'm like, oh man, I got to be looking at this, that, should I go back to school? Like it was a lot of stuff. And then at the end of the day, like what you're saying, and I'm thinking, oh, what would, you know, my friends want me to do? What would my family, man? Like what, what should, what do I think I should do for like these other people? I'm thinking, I mean, at the end of the day, got to do, you know, what's best for what's best for me and where it's like, you know, I would have loved for this not to have happened. I'm sure everyone in the world would have, but Hey, I mean, this is the situation we're in and we got to, you know, kind of deal with, you know, where we are today. Mm-hmm. And adapt to it the best way we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And so, mm-hmm. I guess starting a little bit before the whole COVID thing, you were, you actually begun what what you're doing now with with real talk. Could you kind of tell us about what it is, what where it came from, and I guess how you got into the whole you know journalism and and media aspect of things as well.
1: Okay, so I'll just start from the beginning. I got into journalism. I found my passion actually working a Texas Tech high school meet. It's such a funny story. One of my teammates were complaining about having to do the announcing all day and she was just so upset. So me and uh, my other teammate Kaylee, we took it to our own hands to work the announcing. We took turns and when it was my turn, it was just came so natural. I wasn't nervous and it was just seemed so fun to me. So I was like, you know what, this is what I wanna do. Cause before then I, I had no idea until I worked at high school meet. So after that, I just started trying to find ways to get, to get ahead. Since I knew I was behind, I was a whole um, junior in college. So I'm like, I have to find ways to make connections quickly. So I started trying to get my videos. I started meeting with Taylor Peters. She was a um, sports broadcaster for Texas Tech. So I started getting with her. I started meeting and just started finding more loopholes. And then finally I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just, make because i started real talk on my personal instagram at first with an interview with my friend michael um jackson he plays for the lions i started that was my first ever interview on my page and then i was like you know i went to this the black student athlete summit in austin and they were like we can't even notice your interviews because of my personal pictures So i was like dang they don't even know i I do this on the side so i was like you know what? i'm gonna make my own page and start doing them and posting them on there so one thing led to another i i asked my coaches can i work the um Texas Tech Invitational Meet, which is very big. A lot of professionals go there and they were like, yeah, because I do the multi. So we were already done. We, we get done a day early. So that day I had free. So I put on some jeans. I had my friend, Jaquian, get the camera. And we just started doing like kind of like sideline interviews. And I, I was nervous at first. Jaquian was like, come on, you got to, the worst thing they can say is no. And I was like, all right. So that's when I started asking like T.T. Terry was my first ever sideline interview and we ended up dancing after. So it just started coming natural. And then with the whole COVID theme, I knew I couldn't go and get people in person. So I was like, you know what? I can do them live. That will bring more people to my page. People will see who I am from there. You know, it'll just bring in a different group of audiences from all over. That's why I decided to do them live. And it's been working out. It's been working out really well. I'm so grateful and proud of the growth, the support, like the people who DM me. It's just, I just love everything about it.
0: Oh, yeah, it's it's been a it's been really great seeing some of the, the people that you've been interviewing. And I like the aspect of, of having it live, too, uh, where you can get some some real questions in, in, in real time. And it's actually funny because your your start was similar to what kind of got me interested in, in doing podcasting, because when I was a senior in college, there was like an email that got sent to all the student bodies saying, hey, we're looking for you know an extra announcer to be doing their women's basketball games. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? And so ended up, ended up trying it Oh, oh man, that first game. I don't think i would ever been more nervous in my life just just for the very first game. Cause I'm like, oh man, this is like, you know, there's, this is a big team coming up my first time. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to I was like, I was by myself. But then after <laughs> like, after like the first quarter, it's like, oh, this is pretty fun. Like and started having fun with it. Like calling out to like, oh yeah. Like, Shannon for three. And they're just going crazy. Let's <laughs> like, a good time. Yeah. It. It's a similar thing with your, you know, you getting started with announcing, you know, one of the track meets, I was like, Oh, this is actually, you know, pretty fun. It's not as nerve wracking, I guess, as I, as I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, it's actually pretty fun. But one thing that I can say is like, shout out to you because in person, Is so much harder than doing it on camera. Like in person is 20 times harder than doing it on camera. Nobody can really hear you when you're in a gym. Like nobody can really hear what you're saying. So you're not really that nervous, but in person and with a mic, they can hear everything. So shout out to you. You're tough. You
0: know, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I, there was many times, like, I got there was one time I got so nervous. It had all, it was like a, like, all of the, the women's team on our team and all of the women on the other team, like, did five for five switches in. And, like, it was like a foul shot. I, I was like, oh, man, I, I got to name all these numbers. I got to name all 10 people. And then I got to say who's shooting. Like, oh, there's no way I'm getting all this. Oh, that, that was, that was, yeah. So when you're saying it was more difficult, yeah, there was nothing I could do. I was like, okay, we have for this team. Oh, yeah. It was bad, but great experience. So if anyone's thinking about doing something like doing announcing, like definitely, definitely recommend it. It's, it's a lot of fun, but, um, definitely. so, so you've had quite a bit of athletes that you, have that you've interviewed over the, the, the years, year, year and a half that you've done any stories that kind of particularly stick out in your mind of, you know, just interesting things that, that people might not know about some of their, you know, some of their favorite athletes that they might watch either on the track or, you know, on the field or wherever it might be.
1: I can't even lie to you. Every story is like amazing to me. I I don't want to say like a, I have a favorite, but everybody's story is amazing to me because it just it just shows how they got to where they are. But one of them that definitely stuck to me was definitely Jerron Robinson. Um, he is a high jumper, professional high. I think he actually just jumped like seven six this weekend. So, shout to that guy. It's so crazy. Shout <laughs> <laughs> to that guy. But he started his story like he he went to a, he made it out of a D2, first of all, like, that, by, that itself is just, like, phenomenal, you know what I'm saying, just making it out of a D2, D2 that doesn't even get that much attention as d ones but yeah, he told me that he got, like, you know, he went through, he went through a lot of things that got to him to where he was, he struggled with school, you know what I'm saying, he got kicked off up a team, and he still is prospering to this day, like, that story really stuck to me, and definitely motivated me to, that they just show you that what's for you gonna be for you, and you just gotta stay, stay down until you come up
0: really. Exactly. Yeah. There it's, that's been one of my favorite things about, you know, interviewing different, different athletes is hearing the stories that, that people have and, and where, where people are coming from. Cause everyone has such a different, you know, background of, you know, how they got to, you know, where they are today. And so it's, it's it's just interesting to see to hear, you know, the way that, you know, one person gets to, you know, being an all-American might be completely different than the way that another person that looks like they've had a similar, you know, times or whatever got got to being there. So it's just it's it's just so interesting to see how how people get to where they are and, and what motivates them to be better. I mean for for you what have been some of the the motivations or you know what's made you want to be you know make this a successful thing and and just be a better you know whether it's broadcaster
1: or whatever might be in the you know in this track and field space so far my family is my number one motivation um i just feel like i'm chosen i'm i've been the chosen one out of my family i'm the first generation college graduate out of my family like i just feel like i'm cho- i'm the chosen one to make our lives different so I, my family motivates me every day, just knowing that I have the power to create a better life for me and for my family, just, just, it's just con- continuing motivation. But my friends also like be on my butt, like they don't play, like they, they, like when I'm not doing an the interview, they're like, like who you got this week? Like my friends constantly, constantly stay on my head because if they know it's hard. I do this by myself, Like I don't have, I make the flyers. I schedule the interviews. I go get the people, you know what I'm saying? Or sometimes they're brought to me, but most, majority of the time I go get them or go find somebody. So they know it's hard. So they constantly motivate me. Like a lot of my friends are entrepreneurs and they have multiple degrees. So everybody's just so successful and being in a circle with them just makes me want to get there, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Cause it's like, the there's so much stuff that goes on behind behind the scenes with, with doing these, you know, with interviews or whatever, especially for you, since you're doing them live, there's an, that extra thing where you have to be like, all right, so it's seven o'clock on Wednesday. Good. Cause I told everybody we'd do, be we doing this seven <laughs> o'clock on Wednesday. So it better be good. Like, so like, yeah, there's that extra added thing. It's one, one thing that I got from my, one of my coaches was like, got to be like a duck where you look like you're calm on the top but if you look underneath they got their legs kicking doing so much stuff where, yes. Yeah. people it's like oh yeah you, it looks like it's like oh yeah just every week you, you just have someone uh, to interview it, you know, it doesn't take too much but it's like no it's it's a lot of stuff it's a, going, lot. It's a, a lot, lot of, of
1: research <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: exactly exactly and for you I mean so you mentioned that you were a first a first generation uh, college student in your family Um, you, you know you, you feel like you got to be the one you know want to be successful, set the tone. What kind of obstacles might have you seen growing up where it's, I mean, with being, you know, the first generation, you're the first one to go through a lot of the things I'm sure within your family or in your sport, what have been some kind of obstacles, you know, throughout your journey that you overcame or or had to go go through to, you know, to get where
1: you are today? I'm not, my life is filled with obstacles. (laughs) Like from a kid all the way my life is just I'm the queen of adversity like I face so much that's why that's another thing that motivates me too is that I've come so far like why would I give up now like when it's so much ahead of me like I've been through so much like um some let me let me try to get into some details let me just think of which obstacles can I bring that's not too too serious you know um uh, even okay my high school my junior year I lost my dad my father he's not even my real dad but he was my father figure I call him dad I lost him that was very rough on me and my family as a you know as a my I have three siblings one brother two sisters so on our close-knit family my mom single parent it was rough on us we were struggling to get through that that was a very emotional period and it was during track season so you know how that goes it was a lot um Coming to Texas Tech, my scholarship wasn't where it's supposed to be. So I went through my first semester with just books, leaving a full scholarship from Bethune Cookman. That was a huge obstacle. Leaving, first of all, being separated from all my friends and coming here with, you know, not really knowing anybody was tough. Um, I didn't really have people to hang out with. I was kind of solo with a lot of things. A lot of, you know, when you get, when you start to isolate yourself, you get to thinking, you know, negatively, all of that. So, but one thing I can say is God will never put you where you're not supposed to be. I found so many grants that I was blessed with so many, because that was my first time going to school in Texas. So all my high school Texas grants hit my account. I was blessed. I was fortunate not to be stressed about money because, I don't know, these just, just always end up happening perfectly for me. I went through a hurricane my sophomore year of college at Bethune, my first ever hurricane in Daytona Beach, Florida. I was crying. Because I couldn't go home, and I couldn't do with my family. I had to stay there cause flights went to thousands of dollars when everybody figured we had to evacuate. So I've been through a lot, like I said like growing up, uh, my mom she was a she was a, a she was addicted to um, a drug, so you know how that's all played plays a part. And I was the youngest, I'm the youngest I'm the baby of the family, so yeah, my my life is literally filled with obstacles, so. This is whatever direction you mm-hmm. want
0: to go in. <laughs> no, so it's it's interesting. One of the the first things you had mentioned was when you said you had lost your your father figure during track season. So my I had a similar experience, unfortunately, where my my junior year of college, where it's our first year of outdoor season, um, mm-hmm. and I think I might have told this to few people listening might have heard the story. But uh, so I, it was the day that we're leaving for the meet. Like an hour we're leaving for the meet like we get like the coach calls us into the office, like me and all my roommates find out that my roommate's father had passed that morning.
1: Oh. And so
0: then I call my mom, cause we're all very close and I'm like, Hey, you know, my roommate, he had lost his father. And she was like, Oh, well, I hate to tell you, but you lost your grandfather this morning as well. And so I was just like, Harper, I'm like, this was our first meet of the year, like, this, like, we're le- the bus leaves in, like, an hour, and, like, I don't live, I live close to home, but not too close, where it's, like, it would take them, like, a long, it would take a while to get here, to go there, I'm, and, and the, the track meet we're going to is, like, in South Carolina, South Carolina, so I'm, like, what do I, oh, it was, like, just so much stuff, and I'm, like, yeah. what do I, what do I end up doing, and I was, like, you know, I I feel like I have to go, like, to the meat because one, one thing of my other, luckily my other half of my family lives in South Carolina. And so I got to see, you know, my other half of my family and and be there. And so luckily like we were able to see my family, but it was just like something where you're going with that you were saying, it's like, dang, this is right in the, right in the heat of, you know, you're you're focused on this and to have your entire world kind of flipped upside down can be really stressful. And, you know, it's not something you really plan for too. It's just, you know, something that Mm -hmm. happens. Definitely, definitely hard to deal with. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can understand, understand, like, hey, and it's it's always I don't know what the word is, what the word might be, but it can be rewarding once you see what you've accomplished after. Um, you know, after you know, I'm sure you're looking back at all the things you, you've mentioned that you've gone through. I'm sure that's just you know the tip of the iceberg. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. I was able to come out the other side of this. Like, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. So kudos to you. Uh, that, that's you. very very impressive. So <laughs> thank you looking forward with your, with your show so far with Real Talk, I know you recently announced that you're going to be having, you have some uh, high school uh, athlete series coming up, and I'm sure you have some other things that are, that are down the line, but what are some things that people can be looking forward to with, with Real Talk and, and things that we could see within the next, you know, month or, month or two in the, in the near future for it?
1: The next month or two, you can probably see some merchandise finally being revealed. People have been asking me, asking me, asking me, and I'm just not a person to where if it's not finished, I don't want to put out a half, you know, a half effort. Yeah. So I've been waiting and then just trying to figure out what I want to do with it officially. Cause I'm actually working on getting a new logo made also. So hopefully in the next two months I can finally, I have literally everything to make the merchandise. I just haven't had the right idea that I felt was right to release. So I've been waiting on that's That's what's next coming up. But for future, future, it's just growing. Like my, I started off just wanting to find me a job uh, with, track and field as a silent reporter that's why I made the platform to like you know get some experience and try to like get you know found that somebody can i work for a school you know that's that was my mm-hmm. beginning goals but like now it's just become like so much bigger than that because the, the sport track and field lacks it lacks it lacks a lot in a lot of areas and it needs help so I, I, I just see I my future on real talk is for real talk is very very big like I'm thinking the hopefully one day, a TV segment to where kind of like ESPN, but just for track, it's, it's, it's really big. And, mm-hmm. and I just let it come to me while I'm just living. I just think every once in a while and new ideas just keep popping up.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm sure that you probably see it similar where when you when I heard you say the sport of track and field has a long way to go. I'm thinking because so I'm a I'm a pole vaulter field athlete and you're a multi and there's one thing that is super clear. It's that unless you're running on the track, you don't get no love. They they might mm-hmm. show who the winner maybe they'll show the highlight of, you know, one jump from, you know, one of the multi-events or maybe they'll show the winning, you know, high jump. The winning jump, yeah. Yeah. But that's it. You don't get no other love. What like what are what are some areas that you think of we could have improvement within our sport that maybe not might not even be that drastic. Cuz I know we if we if we were talking about things we could change, we could probably overhaul the whole dang the whole dang event. What do you think yeah. could be some just easy things that the track and field should be doing that might be, you know, not as, you know, not as effective in
1: your eyes there. One thing that definitely needs to be done is we need more interviews of athletes not coming off of their event. That's one thing that really bothers me because it's like, y'all only want to talk to them when they're, you know, while they're winning, after they win, that's very like, you know, and I'm not saying like talking down on anybody because that's just how the sport has been going all this time. But that's one change that I'm definitely going to bring because a lot of people, a lot of people always come and like I've never seen. They're always breathing tired after the race, barely, barely can breathe, trying to mm-hmm. talk and share things, and you don't really get to know them from that experience. So that's one thing that I'm definitely, definitely, that definitely needs something to be learned. Yeah,
0: you you don't see uh you know yes. Uh, football sideline announcer going up to, you know, Julio Jones saying, Hey, you just scored a touchdown two seconds ago. Tell me about it. And it's like, no, nah, he's tired, man. Like exactly. <laughs> people don't do that. Like add some other, they do like those interviews or background stories beforehand and, and show like, Hey, this is, you know, this athletes, you know, some story and some, some interesting stuff you might not know instead of mm-hmm. just the, you know, the times that they're running here. So I'd Definitely agree with you hundred percent. I think there's a lot of areas of improvement there. And then last one I got for you. So you mentioned that now where you're at now is the goals that you have for yourself are so much greater than, than what you, you had, you know, not too long ago, if you could go back and talk to 18 year old, uh, you and tell, tell yourself, Hey, by the way, this is where you're going to be. And this is some of the stuff that you're going to go through. What advice or what would you tell yourself at 18 to kind of, you know, get yourself ready for the next few years that, that you have to come knowing what
1: you know now? I would tell myself, relax, relax, girl, relax. Because at 18, I was like, I don't even know. I was so stressed about track and just trying to like, cause one thing I don't like to do is lose, and I and I love, I really love the sport track and field, and I feel like I loved it too much. That's why I can't really like. That's why I didn't want to do it professionally because it brought stress to me. and How much I wanted to be great, you know? That did that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Like it brought so much stress to me that that's how bad I wanted to be good. So I would tell myself, relax because you don't even know what you have in store for you. Like you can be involved in the sport, maybe just not the way you can see it now. So I would definitely tell myself, relax, relax.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I would, I would, I'd say the same thing. I was, I was too busy stressing over, you know, the little, the little times. I'm like, yo man, like you got so much else that, you know, you can, you can do. So I, I love that. But um, hey, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Where can people go to, to hear more about, about your show and, and more about you?
1: First of all, thank you for having me, man. Y'all can hear more about real talk, real athletes, real stories on Instagram at underscore real talk with two L's. Come through, look at some of my interviews. They really, they're really fun. Everybody loves them. They laugh. We have jokes. It's really, really real energy, real energy, real talk. Check it out.
0: <laughs> for sure. It's it's fantastic. And they have the she has the backlogs of the interviews too on there. So if you miss it live, you can still catch it later. Um, But thank you so much. And and thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. Uh, If you want more content from us, you can check us out on Instagram at Track World News. We post different clips and and news shows and and stuff like that over there. Uh, Otherwise, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, uh, leave a review and and share with your friend. It's always really appreciated. Have a good one and peace. How you don't mess, you know not you